Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. That's right. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am the man, as Stephen A. Smith would say. I am Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I feel I am the leading voice of entertainment and entrepreneurship in this country because I'm geared to help people. I'm geared. It's not a show about where I'm trying to get you to make money or make donations. I'm about supplying you with information so you can win. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, and entrepreneurs and industry decision makers. Some of these people I do know. Some of them I've met for the first time during the interview, which is really awesome. That lets me know that the brand that I'm trying to put out there is starting to spread, and more people are recognizing the value that I'm bringing to this show through Money Making Conversation. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and your committed effort. My guest on Money Making Conversations, as is the one right now, will have the same passion. They have shared the same information about their career, their motivation, what they're promoting, how they live a balanced life, and their secrets to success. Now, my next guest. My next guest is a James Beard award-winning chef, which is one of the top honors that you can get as a chef. Best known for his barrier-breaking cuisine connecting the foodways of West Africa and Asia to the Americas. My man hails from the cultural mecca of Harlem, New York. He is the host of Cleo's TV, Just Eats with Chef JJ. Founder of Field Trip Restaurant in Harlem, creator of BuzzFeed Tasty, and author of Between Harlem and Helen. The second season of Just Eats with Chef JJ premieres on TV One's Network Clio TV Saturday, February 22nd at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time on TV One's, again, Clio TV. Please welcome back to Money Making Conversations, my man, Chef JJ. Hey, what's up? How are you? Pretty good, my man. You know, you got so much going on, you have to be patient. You have to be patient. You no, know, I mean, I, 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 I love these. I'm, I'm from the Mecca. And, uh, you know, I'm moving and shaking. I, I like those things. Well, the thing is, you know, <laughs> I, I, I lived in New York. I know exactly. You are. The, Harlem is, a, it has changed because I first moved up to New York in 88. And then I moved back up there. Did, you know, there were many TV shows up there and Def Comedy Jam in 92. And I moved up there. Steve Harvey and I moved up to do our radio show on WBLS 107.5 in 2005. And that's when Harlem right. started to change. You know, the, when I say change, I'm talking about the racial change and the building yeah, construction you, change. You know, I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be one of them. You know, we're a new business here in Harlem called Filter. We're a rice bowl shop between mm-hmm. 115th and 116th and Malcolm X Boulevard, right mm-hmm. in front of the two and the three train. Mm-hmm. You know, my goal here is people to know that you know it's a black business and uh, and we're in the mecca. Right. And hopefully, other black businesses will feel confident to move into vacant spaces and. That's why I feel like we keep the narrative going regardless who moves into the neighborhood that uh, has showed what uh, our culture of excellence is. And that's, that's correct. And that's, you know, when you, well, let me ask you this, uh, you know, you're a New York guy, so Harlem. What, what do you, th- what, what is the brand of Harlem? You know, it's, it's, it's been so transitional. One, entertainment played a big role. It's always been a, 
a place for style. What do you think Harlem is, is evolving into now, Jeff JJ? You know, I, you know, that's a hard one. You know, mm-hmm. I think Harlem. You know, as much as the people in the streets are changing, yes, sir. I think the people that are 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 able to create the narrative or hold it on to the narrative really well. Um, I think Harlem will always be a place for for excellence and for Black people, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be the mecca where you'll find things. Right. Um, I feel like fashion right now is big back in Harlem right now with Dapper Dan. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he's a couple blocks away from the <laughs> restaurant here, seeing, you know, celebs and people going into his atelier and getting something fashionable. Um, so I feel like fashion is coming back. Yes, sir. Uh, to Harlem, and, and he's in the forefront of that. Um, and then I think food culture, uh, in many different ways, Harlem has always been that ex- that community for you to be able to express yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a lot of different culture, if it's Indian food or Mexican or African-American or global, uh, starting to sprout up from Harlem because, you know, the community really respects everybody um, and it will always have that. It really is interesting. Like, before we get into the TV show and also the restaurant, what what, what drives your passion? Because I've seen you on TV, I've seen your posts on social media, and uh, it, you always seem happy. You always seem like there's a gleam in your eye when it comes to food and watching people eat your food and serving the product that you've made. I always tell people that my my definition of food is art, the art that you can eat because it can look so beautiful and then it can be consumed. What is your what what, what is your passion? What drives you to that 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 world? Because I'm a foodie. <laughs> you know, just just being able to connect people is really good, and knowing that they're connecting over the food that I'm making and I'm bringing a smile. Right, right. <laughs> uh, it's really great. And, you know, I just love to cook. Uh, it's just really in my DNA. Right. And for me, cooking is a safe space, right? Right, 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 uh, right. You could, be, you could be anything and anybody. You could try to be somebody else. You could try to throw that flavor in the pan. Uh, you know, you could say bang, boom, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> and even at the end of the day, you have the happiest moments around food, regardless if you're worth millions or... You know, you're struggling. Um, and that's why, that's what really brings joy to me, knowing that on feet that I'm really able to now to project my, you know, my culinary, some of my culinary POV onto some mainstream folks. So I, I'm, I'm in their kitchens now, which is really uh, exciting for me because as a young kid, this is one of the things I've, I always dreamt about. Well, you know, it's really cool because I'm a, I'm a baker, you know, people have told because I'm an award-winning baker. And I know yeah, that. Yeah, you told me that. I remember that. <laughs> and so uh, it, it relaxes me, you know, like I get up in the morning, I generally get up at four and I make a couple of desserts and uh, a one dessert and bring it to my staff because that's just a moment where my mind can't think about can't think about anything. I can't do talk about deals in my mind. I can't think about other TV shows because you have to be focused when you when you are in the kitchen because that's why mistakes happen. And sometimes, especially when you bake, you can't fix a mistake. Once you got to throw now it you, away. Yeah, you can't. No, once you bake, if you mess up, you got to start all over <laughs> from the beginning. I think for me, music is that key, right? Right, right, uh, right. Music, music helps you lock in. It brings that vibe. It gives you that other emotion that you're looking for. So for me, when I'm in the kitchen, like in the test kitchen, like really working on recipes, right. trying to get something really right, I'm throwing on something to really... Um, really bring me there it's a focal focal point cool I'm talking to Chef JJ he has a show on Clio TV uh, which is all part of these TV One's network it's called Just Eats with Chef JJ you had season one now I went to season two let's talk about season one what you enjoyed about it what you and then we'll lead into the expectations of what we can expect from season two Woo. 
season one, you know, that, that, was, that, was, my, that was my first show. Right, uh, right. 16 episodes. You learned uh, something, really learned something. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie on that. Um, but it was great, you know, it was, it was great getting to know some people that I didn't know before, mm-hmm. really cooking and talking about some interesting things. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I'm so excited that, you know, TV One and Cleo, uh, bringing Jesse's back for season two means that people were watching. So I want to thank everybody. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, people like you were spreading the word for us, for me. I'm a fan. You know and that. You know that I'm a thank, fan. Thank you very much. But for season two, I'm really excited about season two. I'm really bringing like really amazing flavors, some fabulous guests. You know, we shake it and we move in. Uh, we're in this, we're in my new beautiful kitchen uh, and the conversation. Okay, 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 okay. Food. A new kitchen now. Okay, now you just can't slide that by, you know. And you <laughs> use the word beautiful. Okay, I'm a kitchen guy now. Okay, so I know you use the word beautiful too. So because the kitchen was kind of tight in season one. Okay, so it's, it's, kitchen it's, was tight. You know, kitchen was a little tight. Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, luckily, I don't. I'm a little. I'm a slim guy, so it worked out. Right, well, the, the great thing, you know, the interesting thing about it, I, I, you know, being a TV producer and watching the talent, you are a talent, you know, watching you evolve, you know, watching how you, because your, your number one skill is cooking, like, you know, number one skill of anybody who who's a specialist. And then when you're starting to interact and keep those individuals who, to be engaged, some of them you do know, some of you don't know. So that evolution, I love watching you become the, the star a TV star that you become. Tell us about some of those steps that you had to go with and start, you know, make sure the meal came out right, but also make sure the people you had on your show stay engaged in the process. Yeah, you know, most TV shows, the, the chef doesn't really cook. Mm-hmm. Right? They just do a couple of things. Right. I'm really cooking. <laughs> I'm That's really what I'm saying. That's what I'm show. saying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I guess I'm nervous because I'm like, oh, my God, like this season I have Tahiri on, like Tahiri's about to eat this dish. And did I put enough salt? Like, I don't have enough time to taste and, like, rechange. <laughs> like, she's going to really judge me on this dish. So it really pushes me to a different mental limit of, like, cooking on television that I'm really cooking alongside right. of entertaining. Right. Um, and, you know, my goal this season was to really, you know, listening to the, to the fans and um, hearing what they wanted and really bringing them that through, bringing that through the TV screen. So, you know, you'll see, uh, you'll see something like collard green lasagna um, wow. that I'm doing. Uh, a little bit of, you know, uh, you know cast iron seared pork chops. Okay. Um, okay. I'm even working with the veggie, with the veggie ground beef. It's the first time I ever work with it, that I'm doing it on the TV show and I make it chilly with it. Uh, you know, and, and then on top of that, I, I have some really great guests like Watch Jazzy, the comedian. Okay, we're going we're gonna to hold that for the next break. We're going to hold that for the next break, okay, Chef. Okay. Uh, the great thing about it is that you're, you're amazing. I'm a fan. And I want to start this year posting, if you don't mind posting some of your stuff on my Facebook. I got like almost 800,000 oh, yeah. followers. I want to do that because I want to support you, my man. You know, uh, uh, I, I've been up there to your restaurant at the previous location. I love the food. I sent people to that Thank location. I, I wanna, I'll be in New York February 9th which is a Sunday. I'm going to see if I can drop by if I have time just to, you don't have to be there. I just love going into your place and supporting you, you know. So again, we'll be right back with more of my man. He has a hot new TV show going into his second season called Just Eats with Chef JJ on TV One's network, Clio TV. Be right back. 
We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. I'm the host. We're talking to my man, Chef JJ. He has a hot new show going into his second season on TV One's network, Clio TV. It's called Just Eats with Chef JJ, and it premieres Saturday, February 22nd at 12 noon on Clio TV. Now, Chef, before we went to the break, we was about to dive into these guests, and we know the guests can be just as exciting as the meal that you're cooking. So talk about some of the guests. Uh, like I see Raheem Devon, who is my man. He's a singer. And you have Leela Jane. Yeah, yeah Raheem you know. Devon was on there, and he, uh, <laughs> you know, he was turning up. He was on an episode with Watch Jazzy, and, you know, they was having some intimate conversations. You know, those things happen around food. Right, and, right, uh, right. She's a, she's, she's a funny individual. I don't know if you know Watch Jazzy, but she's hilarious. Absolutely. She improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Leela James, you know, my food had her humming, which was really <laughs> great, you know, for me. She's an icon, so. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, and, and then, we, you know, we had Tahiri from Love & Hip Hop. Uh, we had influencer Ray Holiday, who's great, who's always been a supporter of mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and then also this season, you know, I wanted to bring some, like, um, you know, some, some young talent that's really crushing it. Right, uh, right, right. In, 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 in different parts of the industry. So we brought in this young lady sell some healthcare uh, facial products and hair products that's all natural okay. Okay. out of the okay. D.C. area that's, that, that's, a, that, that's an immigrant, right? Mm-hmm. Big, big story of a conversation in America today. So, you know, also as we have some of the big guests, you know, we have some of the smaller guests that have some really good stories that I think can relate to people that are, that are watching the show. Well, you know, the thing about it is that you're a good conversationalist. And because and it was really making me laugh when you were talking about making food live and then and then you actually cooking it because I know I've done some episodes on TV where I've had to bake live, you know, or some things right. I just, I do, you know, and then all of a sudden I go, okay, you know, you can do it. For some reason you can like hit a point go, did I do that? Did I do that right? Did I do that right? Because, you know, people at home, <laughs> they'll watch. He forgot the, he forgot the vanilla extract. What are you doing? He forgot the vanilla extract. And so that is pressure, you know, to make sure that, you know, because sometimes when you when you cook something, you add a little extra salt or extra pepper or extra cayenne just to get it right. But, you know, some people don't want you tasting food and then putting a spoon back into the food on TV. You know, right, so, right. You know so you have to really play it by ear and then hope for the best. So so I, I commend you, my brother, because I see your eyes. I see you going, OK, OK, this is good. So so that that helps you to be on point on your game when you take the shows, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's a different flow when you're taping the show and you're cooking, so uh, definitely a mental pressure. So when you see me do do it or look up into the sky, you know, don't, don't judge me. I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm, I'm really relating to your pain at that point creatively because I know that you're a perfectionist. Well, I, know you, I know you understand. I'm yes. saying, you know, your listeners, when they start watching the show, make sure they don't be judging us. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, let's shift gears and go to Field Trip, you know, the community-based dining experience that celebrates cultures through the shared experience of rice. Okay, that's, first of all, the name of the restaurant, Field Trip, and then the, sharing the experience through rice. Let's start with the name Field Trip. So Field Trip involves fun. Field is for all the rice fields. Trips are off all the trips I've taken 
uh, in my career. Right. Uh, cooked in places like India, Singapore, uh, Ghana, uh, and those places you then see in the rice bowls that then invoke the flavors of those places. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when you when you talk about casual dining, and then you talk, how how what is the seating capacity? Can I ask that the seating to the walk in? Oh, so the seating capacity at Field Trip is twenty seated seats, yes, sir. and then mm-hmm. uh, four high top tables that you can stand at. Okay, so there's cool. Plenty of space for large groups, small groups. Right. Uh, we 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 love to see everybody. It's a place you can bring your kids, wheelchair accessibility, all mm-hmm. the above. Now, what is the uh, hours of operation? Uh, we're open Tuesdays to Sunday, 11 to 9. 11 to 9. So Tuesday through Sunday, you say? Tuesday through Sunday, yeah, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. So I might be able to, you might see me February night coming in and grab a meal well, for you. Head, 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 head off. Well, you know, like I told you, JJ, you don't have to be there. I'm coming in and grabbing something to go and head on up to LaGuardia and well, fly all back to I know my staff will take really good care of you. Well, you took care of me last time. And so, and it wasn't, and I, my whole thing is that, I'm a foodie, and I love food. And as soon as I eat, as soon as I eat, I'm sure I'm gonna put this in my Rushan Eats recommendation of restaurants uh, that's on my website and on my social media. And that's because that's what it really is. Because food to me is a is a culture. It's, a, it's an experience. And and when you have a gifted person like you, Chef Jay, J, JJ, who are, are out there just just laying it down, man, laying it down, putting down the food no, on the right you, level, thank you, very much. you know. And then then you then you you're happy doing it. Because a lot of people, you can watch some people, they look like it's a job. But it doesn't look like a job to you. Talk about that. You know, I mean, look, I think in this time and era, a lot of people want to be cooking on television. And um, I'm just thankful for it every day. Uh, it's not something that anybody can get. And I, I think the hard work uh, really has gotten me the opportunity to, to be uh, friends and family of Clio TV and TV mm-hmm. One now with the mm-hmm. second season coming up. Right. And, you know, I work really hard on something that I was never trained to do. You know, I didn't go to acting school. I didn't do any of that stuff. So, <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. this is, this is new and, uh, I have to work a, a lot harder. And, uh, you, you know, the key is, uh, just making sure I have fun, be entertaining and give you food that you want to cook at home. Cool. Here's a quick question before I get, I'm talking to, uh, chef JJ, uh, star of the, um, hit, um, what's it, cooking, uh, entertainment show called Just Eats with Chef JJ on TV One's network, Clio TV. It premieres, season two does, uh, Saturday, February 22nd at 12 noon Eastern. Um, it has an encore that plays at 10 p.m. on that same channel. Uh, the great thing about you coming on my show, it was something I missed last time. It was a good miss, because, but I found it this time. They said that you are the creator of BuzzFeed Tasty. Is that correct? Well, I'm not the creator. I am a creator. Okay. So we're, we're called Tasty Creators, and uh-huh. we create uh, videos on BuzzFeed Tasty channel. So if you go to BuzzFeed Tasty, you can see some of my videos on there um, as, as, as one of the uh, BuzzFeed creators. I call myself BuzzFeed Talent. They like to call me a creator, but I wish I created BuzzFeed Tasty. Well, you know, that was going to be another conversation. <laughs> now, as a but, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you talk about, you know, from from a, from a business standpoint, yes. you know, my goal is that I have restaurants, you know, I have a television show or shows, hopefully. And, you know, as a chef, now you're able to potentially, you know, drive in revenue in different ways than in back in the past. Well, you know, the interesting thing about it, just, my, just a quick business question. The show is done in a professional kitchen. Why didn't you do the show at your restaurant? You know, you need to have the right lighting, the right touches. There's just certain things of what you want in a in a in a 
in a in a certain kitchen right. a feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if I would have shot the show in my restaurant, I would have to shut it down for ten days, mm. which would displace my customer base, the people that truly support me on a day to day basis. And I, I didn't want to do that. Well, I can understand that because of the fact that you know I was talking to my nephew. Here's a barbecue place and a barbecue a food truck trailer in Houston, Texas, and he, and, he, and I got him to own Kelly Clarkson show today. And so he shut down his... Oh, he was on Kelly Clarkson's show today? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and they got him over there, and uh, they came to Houston. He's based in Houston. And so he shut down his uh, restaurant, his his street location, to to take it over to a show. And I called him and go, did you shut it down? I said, oh, no, no, you can't ever do that because your customers think that you close. I said, bad news travels faster than good news. So you not being there, that's a lot of bad news. I said, if you ever shut down like that, just put your other trailer there and put a limited menu. At least you'd rather serve a limited menu and then come by to where he's taping Claire LeClarkson, which builds your brand. So I know exactly what you're talking about because of yeah, the Yeah, you know, that, it's a hard thing because like that Kelly Clarkson show is like a one-time-in-a-lifetime, right? You right. Got, you're so excited for that. Right. So then at the end of the day, you want to make sure that there's you either let, put in a message out about the restaurant to let people know that they can't come today right. or not. You know, I've, I've learned that through my career. I used to say before, all oh, people will come back. People won't come back because they'll feel so offended that you displace them. So um, that's why I keep the restaurant closed on Mondays now. That's our day if we're going to do TV things in the restaurant or mm-hmm. shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, if people do want to do some TV things, it has to happen before we open and they have to be done by that time because I'm not in the business of displacing people. Here's the interesting thing. They, they sent this over to about uh, your show. Chef JJ, Chef JJ loves to introduce exciting global cuisine, cuisine to friends and this season turns up the heat with a friendly cook-off. Okay, makes a comforting one-pot meal creation. It's cozy with a breakfast and bed meal and gives viewers a tour of his new restaurant, Field Trip Harlem. Now, you didn't say none of that, Chef JJ. No, I didn't keep it real. That's, they, they that's some, that's some, that's some you great know, stuff right watch. there. There's a great episode about <laughs> breakfast and bed. Uh, you know, come uh, on now. Uh, that's I, sexy. I that's a couple, sexy. A couple that doesn't cook. He doesn't cook for his, his loved one. And right. you know, I told him to get a little cookie points. I show him that. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm all about the global world and the cuisine and connecting people. So uh-huh. you, know, you get a little bit of that, some one pot stuff. But, you know, they, that's, that's the notes they gave you. You know, I'm giving you my notes. Oh, is it? What see, I want you guys a- expect and what I want you to tune in for. <laughs> and it, it's real. No, this season is truly exciting. Mm-hmm. Some great conversation. I think there's some great insight. You know, mm-hmm. my, my biggest guest and my biggest fan on this season is Sean King. Um, he comes on and with his wife. Is that quarterback, um, Sean, former quarterback Sean King? No, Sean King, the activist. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of his mm-hmm. and what, he, what he's doing. And he comes on with his wife and they cook a lot at home. Right. Um, and, I, you know, we had a great, one. what I think is one of the best conversations. And, you know, it was very lighthearted. Right. Uh, we, we got a little bit into politics because I love politics, my mm-hmm. thing on the low. Mm-hmm. And, um... So, you know, this, this is, I'm telling you, this is good. <laughs> this, this, this one right here might make it or break it for us. No, no, it's going to go. I'm not going to let that go down like that. You'll be back with season three talking to me about what you're doing. You just got to let me know about these uh, breakfast and bed scenes and these little cook-offs <laughs> that you're doing and these one-pot meals. But that's my job, though, Chef JJ. My job is to promote your brand and push it to the next level. And your great restaurant called Field Trip that, you, that you're doing it up. But, again, your show, Just Eats with Chef JJ on TV One's Network. Clio TV. 
He's exciting. I consider you a friend, man. I really do. And I'm going to well, always you support you. And I'll just get those uh, just get those banners to me and these sizzle reels that you want me to post prior to it premiering February 22nd. Okay? I appreciate that. Thank, thank you. Thank you, my friend. We talk soon. My next guest is a former senior vice president of marketing for Atlantic Records. Now, he is the president of Will Packer Productions and is responsible for developing and overseeing productions on all film projects through the company's first look deal with Universal. As a producer, his films have grossed more than $800 million at the box office to date. He is on the show today to talk about his career and his new movie, The Photograph. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, my man, James Lopez. Rashawn, thanks for having me, brother. <laughs> well, Glad James, to be on this show. Well, well, thank you. I know you're busy because this is promotion week. Another movie, yes, another another line of promotion. This is great. <laughs> Got no wheels out there. So I see you getting out there a lot more promoting projects. Is that part of the growth of uh, James Lopez? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been told several times in the past that I need to get out there a little bit more. You know, you know me, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm when it comes to promoting and publicity and just doing the press. I, I like to stay behind the scenes and be quiet. Uh, but I've been told that I need to let the people know what I do and, and uh, that I definitely have an inspiring story to tell and that, uh, you know, that I, I provide an, uh, an example for some folks. So I, I kind of have decided <laughs> not to be as selfish Thank talk you. about my story a little bit because it might be helpful. It really is helpful. So, That's what uh, the format of Money Making Conversation is all about. I started in 2017, uh, and it was supposed to only last six weeks. And then I realized that through the conversations and bringing the different type of people I had on the show, and first it was just people I know. And then all of a sudden now it's just individuals in the industry that realize I have such a positive uh, you know, format that allowed them to tell their story. And also it's really about helping people. And when we talk about helping people, you know, I have to talk about my relationship with you. And, you know, you, you, and when I was with Steve Harvey, you know, you broke it our first ringtone deal. And I got to say that Correct. because, you know, that, that was a skill that you have and had, you know, because I didn't know you, but you had a likability and you was a, a professional. And uh, I remember when Steve said, should we sign this deal? I said, yeah, yeah, James, James Lopez, I trust him. And for me to say that is a lot because... That means that you understand the value of communicating the honesty of the deal and also the value of a relationship. I'm sure you've been told that a lot over the years, correct, James? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been told that, I, that I'm a kind of a no-nonsense type of guy, and I think a lot of people take my low demeanor, my, my, my quiet demeanor. <laughs> yes, 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 he is uh, quiet, y'all. He is quiet. <laughs> <laughs> they take my quiet demeanor as a sign that, that maybe that I might be angry or, or maybe I'm not really trying to mess with folks. Right. It's not that at all. It's, it's, it's that I'm constantly thinking, I'm constantly observing the room. And, you know, I believe that if you don't have something additive to say in the moment, just don't say it. But when you do have something to say, it carries more weight. So I, that's just the way I operate in life. Um, and, I'm, you know, I, I admit it, Rashawn, I'm a little bit socially awkward, too. That's why I'm quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm going to tell you something, man. You know, I've been around you a lot. And uh, and and then because we you know it was in the music business, so you had always had yeah. artists. That's how we connected, and um, yeah. and that's when you told me, hey Rashawn, Ti making a lot of money on these ringtones. Y'all probably want to look into that. 
And yeah. so you understood that ringtones were popular back then. That was a lot of way. It was a quick way just using your voice and ringtones and people were buying them. And then, but of course, all things change and all things, you have to make a transition. And at the time, you was the senior vice president of marketing for Atlantic Records. What did that job entail? Well, back then, you know, I was largely responsible for the urban roster of artists signed to Atlantic Records. So artists like T.I., Fat Joe, Fabulous, Trick Daddy, Trevia, Missy Elliott, Sean Paul, Nappy Roots, Little Brother, and the list goes on and on. So I was responsible for the imaging, packaging, and bringing to market those artists, whether it be album packaging, whether it be promotional touring, putting together their stage show, award show performances, all the way up to, like, you know, music video production. Right. I was kind of like what a quarterback is to a football team is what I was in the building at Atlantic Records when it came to that particular artist. Kind of like an in-house manager. Yes. I wasn't the artist manager, but I was the person most involved in their life and in that project within the company. Right. Um, and kind of like leading the company's charge to bring that album or that artist to the marketplace. That's right. what I was. Absolutely. So then in, in your intro, I make this statement. As a producer, as a producer, his films mm-hmm. about his career, during his career, have exceeded $800 million at the box office. Now that's from music to film, which we know I can't say they're similar because they're different because one's visual, you know, even though you might say music videos are visual, but that's not a movie or a film. That's a beginning, middle, and end. That's casting. That's uh, uh, being at the right publicity, being at the right moment. How did you make that transition? Because I remember when you made it, I, I told Steve at the time, I said, my boy, doing films now. And I, and I really was happy because I know that, 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 you know, music was changing. You know, record stores were mm-hmm. dying out. You know, yeah, a lot yeah. of more independent thought process was being put into how you release labels. Did you make a decision looking at the industry, or you said, "Hey, I, I really want to do film"? It was it was a combination of both. To be honest with you, I'd always had the passion for film and television. To be honest with you, Rashawn, early on in, in my life and my career, I just didn't think it was possible for brothers. To be honest, you know, right. it's like coming. Yeah. You know, I'm a boy from Houston, Texas. Yes, sir. And so, like, to be involved in film and television, there was no examples for us mm-hmm. going up in Houston. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was no one I could point to and said, you could do that. Like, I knew, of, obviously, we all know of actors and directors. Right. Um, you know, like the Spike Lees and the John Singletons, and, you know, being in college and watching those guys do their thing. Mm-hmm. But I knew I wasn't going to be that. I had no idea what a producer did. I didn't know that there were people behind the scenes, predominantly Caucasians, that were behind these movies. So I just took the natural route into music. Right. Because there were right. several examples uh, that, that we as black men could point to and say, okay, well, Russell Simmons did it, and this one did it, and that right. one did it. Mm-hmm. I could do that. I could right. do that. Mm-hmm. But once I got into the music business and got in, 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 in was more immersed in the culture of entertainment and and meeting different types of executives, and then getting involved in soundtracks mm-hmm. in the music business, I started interacting with studio executives and producers. And then I started to get exposed to the possibilities of where, I'm, where I wanted my life to go. So 
it was it was in the mid two thousands, I would say two thousand four, two thousand five, when I consciously yep. made the decision right. that this is what I want to do next. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to work my tail off to get there. Right. But I let me no just drop that in context. there. I remember you started telling me you were writing scripts at that time. Well, I was coming up with pitches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and decks mm-hmm. for ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I look when I look back at them, they were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you had energy, though. You had energy behind. I had, I had the energy. And what I was doing was conceptualizing projects is mm-hmm. what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where my strength lies mm-hmm. is is coming up with concepts or or discussing with other creatives right concepts concepts for movies and then bringing them to the marketplace figuring it out you know going mm-hmm. finding writers finding mm-hmm. a director casting mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. starting starting projects from scratch mm-hmm. but um, yeah I made that decision in two thousand five and it took me five years it took me five years of networking, of reading tons and tons of scripts and kind of building up my chops so that when I got the opportunity, I was ready. And that and was I a Scream Jams, right? Until five years later. It was a Scream Jams, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. I was hired by a gentleman named Clint Culpepper who gave me a shot. Mm-hmm. I had done a soundtrack at Scream Jams when I was at Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And that's how I built my relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got even closer to him on the set of Takers. Uh, mm-hmm. T.I. introduced me to Quint again on the set of Takers. And that is the evening that I met Will for the first time, my, my now producing partner. Right. Now, $800 million. When I say that, what runs through your mind at the box office? Um, $800 million. <laughs> Now, here's a lesson for your listening audience. Mm -hmm. Box office numbers are great Mm -hmm. if you have a piece of ownership. Mm -hmm. I don't have a piece of ownership in any of that $800 million. That's what my movies made. Mm -hmm. I didn't own those movies. The studios own those movies. Mm -hmm. When you got brothers like Tyler who own their films. Yes. And they get a majority of that dollar that comes back for every single dollar that goes out. He's getting a large percent of that money coming back to him. And that's what we got to strive as people to work towards right. is the ownership. Mm-hmm. We are formidable. We are beasts when it comes to creating content and, and providing entertainment for the audiences. We create culture, but we have to start having a stake in ownership in that culture. And right now, that is what Will and I are striving towards, is more ownership of our catalog. Um, but, you know, none, nevertheless, it is impressive that so many people have enjoyed our films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, and we, you know, where the company is headed is building up that library right. of titles. Ownership of that library is, is a goal. And also diversifying what we do. Um, the movie that's coming out this weekend, it is our first drama. Like it, it is a romance drama. It's not a romantic comedy. Right. It's not a comedy. It's not a thriller. Mm-hmm. It is a straight up adult black love romance. Right. And that's something new for us as a company. And we're working hard to make sure that we diversify the types of movies that we're making so that we're not just eating off of comedy, but off of everything. 
Right, right, right. I tell you, I'm talking to uh, James Lopez. He's the president of Will Packer Production, has a new movie out this weekend called The Photograph. When we come back, we'll get more details because I um, hadn't had a movie out here like this like since Love Jones, my boy Lorenz Tate, Neil Long. That's what he's talking about. Money Making Conversation. Be right back. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversations. I'm talking to uh, James Lopez. Long time, long time, gentlemen. Met him when he was Senior Vice President of Marketing for Atlantic Records. And now he's um, breaking down information about my listeners about about the art of the deal and being a bigger player in the deal. More importantly, he's on the show today to talk about his new movie. Like he told before we went to break, he said, diversifying the portfolio, moving out of the comedy-laden drama where they had so much success into a romantic drama. What really pushed this uh, envelope besides a great script and opportunity to diversify your portfolio? I think uh, the reason why we sparked to the photograph, first of all, it started off, yes, with a great script. Like Stella McGee wrote a beautiful project. Mm-hmm. Um, she is also the director of this. It was mm-hmm. a very personal project for her. And we wanted to jump on board and help her fulfill her vision and bring this to the screen. So we're very proud of being a part of this. But... Um, we just felt like it had been such a long time since the core African-American audience has received a love story. Right. Um, and you mentioned Love Jones. You know, that was 20-plus years ago. So it was Love <laughs> Basketball. 1997, um, okay? 1997. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, we just felt like it was time to make another black love story that wasn't based around trauma. You know, unfortunately... Um, you know, there's a lot of great films that are created and catered to the African-American audience. Uh, but when it comes to love, there's always a betrayal or out of wedlock child mm-hmm. or somebody got killed. Right. Or, or stalker. Someone, <laughs> or, or stalker. Or, you know, this is straight, just two black folks loving each other mm-hmm. uh, or trying to figure out love, I right. should say. Mm-hmm. But it also is about generations. It's about um, Issa Rae's character who has just lost her mother and through a series of letters is finding out more about the woman her mother was and the mistakes and love that her mother may have made and to make sure that she's not going to repeat the same mistakes her mother made. Mm -hmm. So we are watching, when you watch the film, you're watching two stories separated by 30 years. Right. So it's, it's about generational love as well. And it's very moving and touching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think, uh, I think folks will enjoy it. It's, it's a great date night. It's a perfect, perfect date that the movie's coming out on Valentine's Day. It's a long weekend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone listening, mm-hmm. take your special someone <laughs> to go check this out. Because you're going to love it. And the music is phenomenal. Absolutely. Um, well, it has to you be. Know, another, another <laughs> fellow Houston native... 
Robert Glasper uh, oh, did the score. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, you know, we get, yeah. we getting out there spreading that way. You know, the beauty of listening to you talk, James, first of all, you sound just the same. You sound just as, uh, you know, you give out information. Uh, that, and that's what always impressed me about you is that you, you're informative and you, and you really know how to hit all of the right deal points of the conversation. But one thing I always liked about Will, because I did the first movie with him, uh, Think Like a Man. He mm-hmm. always knew how to select talent that was on the rise, about to pop. Yes. He, he yeah. was always good at that. You look at his movies, he always gets that talent right when it's about to, because he does that really well. And like in that case, yeah. it, was, it was Kevin Hart. I knew about Kevin Hart. And I know we, when we sold a movie, Steve and I, Steve Harvey and I sold a movie to Screen Gems, which was Clint. And uh, we was walking, because I, I had told Will no at first. I said, no, Will, I'm not going to do the movie with you. Mm-hmm. And then he brought in Clint, and then they came down to Dallas, and we rode around on Steve's property, uh, convincing mm-hmm. me, and, hey, we, you, this is the right people. We, we got the right idea. We, we, we will make this, a be, make this be a winner. And then he said, I said, who's going who's gonna to do the lead? He said, Kevin Hart. I said, Kevin Hart? He said, Rashawn, yep. he's, he's, he's about to break, man. He's, he's about yep. to break. He's about to do that. And so I turn on, I look over at the two stars that are, that are at the top of your list here, Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Okay. Now, Stanfield, let's, let's go back a little bit. The Atlantic series. Okay. That's when I first discovered him. And I went, and I was telling my friend, yeah. I, said, I said, this dude right here, this dude's talented. This dude is funny. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, Lakeith, uh, you know, he was in Get Out as well. Yes. Um, he, he was in uh, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler that, that had a nice run a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. The Keith has been working. I mean, hasn't he been work. working? Well, he has been working. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, but, like, but all platforms, though. All platforms. Oh, yes. Yes. He has been working. And obviously, you know, Issa, Issa, Issa Rae is a queen. Like, you know, insecure, creating the show Insecure for HBO and all the things that she's been doing. Um, but we, yeah, we, we take pride on, on, you know, making sure that in every one of our movies, we have, um, people who are about to pop or, 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 or have, have recently come on the scene. And this particular one, I think you guys are going to really enjoy, um, an actress by the name of Shante Adams. Okay. She plays Issa Rae's mother in the past. 30 years mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you this girl put it work, mm-hmm. her performance is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Your listeners may or may not know her from a Netflix movie on uh, the rapper, Roxanne Chante. It was a Netflix movie called Roxanne, Roxanne. Right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chante played Roxanne in that movie, in that Netflix movie. <laughs> um, and she is just an incredible performer. And she does such a beautiful job of uh, of acting in this in this film. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, uh, Jane, because you're a producer on the movie. What exactly does a producer do on this, especially this particular movie, the photograph? Well, I'll tell you my role in this one. Um, when when Will and I first started producing together, um, before I joined the company, he took a meeting with Stella regarding this particular project. She had not written it yet. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, a treatment. Mm-hmm. And um, when I joined the company, which was like a year later, she had written a script and it was floating around town. And uh, I read it 
And I was like, oh man, we need to be doing this movie. This this could be this generation. And I said, word for word, this could be this generation's Love Jones. We should be making this movie. So I go to Will. I'm like, I read the photograph. I know you took a meeting with her about a year ago, but you should read this script. Mm-hmm. It's really good. He read it. He was like, I agree. I said, we need to take this into Universal and fight for it and set it up. So we did. They, they uh, brought the script. And we spent the next year and a half to two years developing it through several drafts and got it to the point where we got the studio to greenlight the film. Um, so during that process, in, you know, producer and working with the writer to hone in on the script, get it to the, you know, get it, get it, uh, addressing notes, getting it ready to, to share with cast. We talked about cast, who's available in the time frame that we want to shoot the film. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who do we think would have the best chemistry? You go through that process. You know, I'm, you know, I'm hiring a line producer who comes up with a schedule and budget. We're making decisions about where we're going to shoot the film. You know, the New York plays a character in a film. So we, you know, the, it was the filmmaker's vision to shoot the film in New York. Not a lot of films shoot here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so we, we won that battle. <laughs> then, then it's about putting the crew together. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to be the director of photography? Who's going to be the costume designer? You know, who's going to be the production designer? Who's going to help cast the movie, the casting director? So, we, you know, you put all those people together, get them approved, get them on, on the team, and you start building your crew to execute this script all the time while you're sharing the script with agents and managers to get the cast that you want. Mm-hmm. Once now, you get through all that, you go into pre-production. Right. Pre-production right. on this film was eight weeks. Wow. And so, in that eight-week time period, you're scouting, you're building sets if, if needed. Right. You know, the costume designer is showing options for the characters. You have your director of photography who's building their crew, their camera operators, what the lighting is going to look like, your storyboarding, shot listing. Uh, so much goes into it before you start. And then you're on set. We shot this movie over seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Six, which were in uh, New York, and one week in Louisiana. Mm. Yeah. And then you go into post-production, which is a 22-week period mm-hmm. where you're editing wow. your sound mixing <clears throat> during that time period our director she had expressed um the desire to have robert glasper score the film so without her knowing i went off and got robert glasper <laughs> <laughs> you know i got a hold of him we had a meeting i'm like look we two h-town boys mm-hmm. let's do this mm-hmm. i took him to the studio robert had never scored a movie before wow Wow. Um, so I convinced the studio, hey, give this brother a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a world-renowned jazz musician. Mm-hmm. I know. He can score this, he can score this music. He can score this film with his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, once the studio approved him, then I had him sit down with Stella, and they worked out the vision for what she wanted the sound to be in this movie. Um, and now we're here. That is producing. Well, my man, that's a journey a lot of people needed to hear for the first time on my show. 
because mm-hmm. uh, the 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 the, sh- the shooting period was just seven weeks. You know, yeah. pre was eight and post and pre was eight, and then and post was twenty two. That was thirty weeks, and then it was yeah. almost two and a half years to get it approved. Correct. <laughs> right. And when mm-hmm. you first when you first walked was introduced to her, she didn't even have a script. She just had a she had a treatment or a concept. So Correct. so there's a lot of trust in that process to get to the point that we, we see the movie photograph. But I don't want to uh, linger on the process. There's a couple. There's some more people in this movie. My man Courtney B. Vance is in this movie, who I love. And even though there's a drama, you got my man Lil Real, who you, who everybody yeah. knows from Get Out, one of the mm-hmm. funniest comics, one of the there's a special out last November that was outstanding called Lil Real, yeah, my he, man. He plays Lakeith's brother in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, and Lakeith, he's funny too. And so then yeah. you have Issa Rae, who I saw in Little, and I became a bigger fan. I actually became a bigger fan of her in the movie Little that you guys mm-hmm. also did and did very well yeah. at the box office, I think, last May. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's playing right now. If you don't know it, just go to the, it's, it's on, it's on, uh, Pay per view is also um, probably pay per view and video on demand. Yeah, video on demand, right? It's HBO too. Uh, HBO, yeah. little. And so, uh, mm-hmm. when you when you see a movie like this being put out there, you still have a little touch of. Uh, I think that you know you you can you can bring you're not trying to do a comedy movie, but you do have guys who can bring that comedy moment just to break the ice. Correct. Yeah, correct. There, there's moments where you know the audience we break the ice. It's it's not a <laughs> a drama all the way through. Right. Um, so every, every once in a while you'll get a chuckle, you'll get a laugh in the mm-hmm. right places. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does tug at the heartstrings. There's another actor I want to bring up who's in this. There's two of them actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelvin Harris Jr., who the audience may not be familiar with his name, but you are familiar with his face. He, this young brother is, I, I think, I feel is going to be up for Academy Award one day. Mm. He is. He's done phenomenal work in so many other movies this past two years. Like he's working literally nonstop. I believe the photograph was his fifth movie that he shot in 2018. 2019, Sorry, um, he did five movies last year. Um, he was in a movie called Waves. He's in another movie called uh, All Rise. He's in a movie called Loose Opposite. Uh, Octavia Spencer, but he's just a phenomenal young actor. Mm. He's in the movie uh, Jasmine Cephas Jones. is in the movie, and so is my boy Rob Morgan. Right. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen Just Mercy, but Rob, if y'all seen it, Rob was the one that went to the electric chair. In oh Just yeah. Mercy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When they when they, when, when they were clanging all the the the, the yeah. jail cells and let them know that they were with him. Let him know he wasn't yeah. he was not down yeah. there by himself. That's a very good movie. So, there was a powerful moment so that, in that movie. Yeah, that brother has some powerful moments in our movie. Uh, real emotional uh moments. Well you know my biggest um, takeaway but, when I listen to your projects and I watch your project and again congratulations, congratulations to Will and uh Will know I've been a fan before he brought any movie project to him. To me, mm-hmm. uh, or to Steve, and or to start promoting on our radio show format, and that's why I kind of I built this format to be able to have power, to be able to put another layer of uh, information, of not only about the people who are who are starring in front of the cameras, behind the camera, but you guys all have stories. You know, Sam, mm-hmm. let's we say H Town, but Sam Houston State University is proud of what you're doing. Four years playing football over there before you rolled mm-hmm. out to L.A. and realized that 
you can your dreams can be possible and then this movie again the photograph uh i want to call my friend because of the fact that i trusted him and we've known each other over the years and i've followed him and he's followed my my success and we, we we're on the phone today just talk about another great moment a great moment in our lives where we're about to you know set a different pattern for what the movie could be i know that they always project have they put a projection on what the box office may be this weekend yeah, I don't even like to talk about it, man. No, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't jinx it. All I, I just want it to do well, uh -huh. and I want I want our folks to come out and support uh -huh. and really talk about this film, uh -huh. and I want them walking out with a greater sense of love for who they're with, or who they want to be with, uh -huh. but also I think a lesson that's learned mm -hmm. from this film is we learn how to love from our parents, right? And when you watch this film and you're watching the parallel stories 30 years apart, um, you know, we pick up a lot of positive things from our parents as well as negative. And we learn how to love because we watch them love. Wow. And that's what this movie is talking about. That's a beautiful statement. Again, starring Issa Rae, my man, uh, <laughs> Lakeith Stanfield. It's called The Photograph. It's coming out this weekend. For all you couples out there, for all you people, we want to sit down and hold hands this weekend. This is the movie to watch. James Lopez, thanks for coming on my show. Talking about your Thank project. Thank you, brother. Talking about your past and talking about your future, my friend. $800 million and counting because they're going to start counting count. this weekend, my man. Again, <laughs> All right. my next guest is on the phone. It's about music, y'all. He's reaching fans across R&B, hip-hop, gospel, urban contemporary platforms. He's garnered recognition from the Grammys, with nominations, delivered powerful performances on numerous stages from the BET Awards to American Idol. He is on the show today to talk about many of his ventures, including the release of his new single, Let Go. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation for the very first time, three times Grammy-nominated artist, songwriter, and musician, Molly Music. How you doing, sir? Yes. Yes. <laughs> How's it going, man? Hey, Molly, I had, to, I, I had to set you up, man. You know, you, when, when you're on my show for the first time, I got to let you know I got love, I got respect for you. Man, and uh, I'm about to catch the love alley-oop from the free throw line. <laughs> like, uh, hey, man. <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Right now, where are you, where are you sitting there talking to, me, talking to me at? I'm in Los Angeles right now, cooling off and getting uh, my bones rested back up from uh, shooting a video yesterday in Nashville with Jonathan McReynolds. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I was in L.A. Uh, in fact, I was in, like, Friday. You know, the, the city was still mourning the passing of Kobe. You know, it, Man. it, was, it was crazy, you know. just Yeah, just the fog the, still hasn't left. It didn't left, you know. Just, it just stays. It's, it's crazy. It's really crazy because, you know, the buses in front of them say, rest in peace, Kobe, when you drive by. Every 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 billboard that's uh, available that hasn't been bought has mm -hmm. been flipped out to some type of a commentary about what this young man did and then when i you know i, I only only bring that up because your move your music and i because i listened to your new cut let go and then and then i went back and i stepped back and listened to some of your earlier cuts and, mm -hmm. and you, you you you're a storyteller but you all your stories also tap into emotions that anything is possible you know and mm -hmm. where did that come from because i looked at your background you're you're a phoenix boy you're born in phoenix okay that's that's yes, hot sir. hot desert over there and then you grew up in the <laughs> in the southern south good food savannah uh -huh. georgia talk to me about that well yeah my mom being in the military mm -hmm. and uh it was just a pleasure to be on the show thank you so much i'm already such a fan 
and uh, all the cultivation and the fertilizing that you're bringing to the young and old minds. Yes, sir. I, re- I really appreciate it, and I'm glad to be a part of this. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, Phoenix, Arizona, and, you know, got on a flight straightway mm-hmm. to my <laughs> grandmother, mm-hmm. uh, great-grandmother, Rose Latson. She had a church named Love and Faith. She uh, operated under the apostolic, which I didn't really understand the depth of until really later. You know, because you have preachers, pastors, teachers, mm-hmm. yes. healers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have um, many different sections inside of it, but it's a, a gift and a rare thing when somebody embodies many of them with mm-hmm. humility. Mm-hmm. That was a lady uh, who kind of raised me and also who kind of broke me in. So she saw the gift in me early. I'm a, I tell the story to my family all the time. I'm six or seven years old, shaking in front of her congregation by her commanding me to come up there. And I'm crying. And my sisters and cousins getting tired of like, boy, just come on. And I'll cry. And I'm looking at her like, can I get down? And she'll say no. She'll mm-hmm. say no. And then she'll give me the mic like, you ready? And I'll go into this song and I'll sing, I still have joy. I still have joy. After all the things I've been through, still have joy. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then I'll get finished thinking that she'll be proud and she'll say, sing it one more time with feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's kind of what changed it, because by the time I would finish singing it again, mm-hmm. I would open up my eyes and it wouldn't be a dry eye in the room. Mom would be crying. Mom, my sisters and my, my cousins would be paying attention and proud of me. And that was something that would come out. So she just always taught me to get over that fear, let me know that it wasn't real. It wasn't going to do nothing but stop me. And uh, and and me breaking through that and singing was really good. My mom identified that gift early, and they cultivated it and caught it caught it quick. And uh, and I was able to get busy early, man. Well, you know, it's really interesting because um, I had a very early church experience. I was seven years old, and you know, they called me to the front of the church. You know, I remember the church, Sunlight Baptist Church. That's the church right at the corner. Yeah, you, uh, you know it because it's yeah. like trauma. Kinda. You know, they called me <laughs> up there, and and I I, I couldn't sing, so I could only talk. And I remember I told him, I, I just said, I want to be a place where you can change my life because if you change my life, I can make somebody else's life better. And then they, they went, did this come from a seven-year-old boy? Oh, I was just speaking. Yeah, I was man. just speaking. I was just speaking. And um, but, uh, but unlike you, I didn't have mentors that kept me straight. You know, I just went out yeah. into the world just learning on the fly. And I learned on the fly. And, 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 it, and nothing wrong with the path that I've taken because I've done nothing wrong. But, it's, mm-hmm. but what I hear is your storytelling is these mentors, these, these, these people who, these important values that females put into your life that gave you a soul or substance to be able to share with us through music. Absolutely. And it was it's also a lesson inside of it, too. Um, uh, you say mentors. I say, like, gatekeepers. And these yes. are, are people who kind of help me through, like, uh, um, get through certain access points, you yes, know. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Um, on top of it, there was a, was a vicarious blessing inside of me that they didn't want to see tainted, thwarted, exploited, or or used negatively. So there was kind of responsibility on people around me to protect me, um, I guess, in them too, especially with me doing it young. So they kind of took it upon themselves. Mm-hmm. The hard part was getting over and past when that, when that security and counsel and mentorship was done. Mm-hmm. When I was actually at the, the at the end of that and at the cusp and the precipice of what was actually supposed to happen with me. It's kind of like everybody, if they're blessed, you get reared from, like, you know, going into school 
and when you graduate to 12th grade, but then when you go on your own, it, that's actually the beginning of your responsibility there you go. life. There you go. You get there what you I'm saying? Absolutely. So, uh, all, the, all the things that you were saying were really good, but I never got nothing done, and I never actually made no real money because those were the people who were actually the minds over it, so mm-hmm. they kind of caught the fish right before it fell into my mouth. You get mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm, only thing mm-hmm. that I was getting at that time is what was dispensed to me. There you go. That right there made me very eager okay. to get out there and learn the things that I needed to myself. That taught me the contractual information that I needed to know to find out why they were so driven to do what they were doing and to make more we couldn't operate in fear. We well, you know it's really interesting just hearing your voice and hearing that tone and, you know, because um, I like to listen to music, especially an artist I've never heard before in a dark mm-hmm. room. I just because I always like to just be in a dark space because I don't want visuals to interfere with, right. with, the, with the lyrics. Because it really, if people do that, they realize that you know music is really powerful. You know, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it moves me to tears. You know, it can move me to yeah. laughter. It can move me to understand. And and then I then I then I start going into your bio and I'm going your influencers, Sam Cook, mm-hmm. your influencers. Yeah. Odin, Otis Redding. I'm going like, what this young boy know about this? What this young boy know about this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Music, what you know about Otis? Come on now, well, Sam. I, well, I always loved music, and and I was blessed to come up in like a hip hop era. Uh huh. And um and also I was like classically influenced on piano. Right. So, right. There was a version of my piano playing when my soul was just happy, when I'm out there slapping, doing what I know. And then there was a version that came when I would be able to implement Bach and Chopin mm-hmm. and different things that would give me techniques mm-hmm. that would bring class and flair. And then church runs would start to turn into jazz runs, and then Art Tatum would start to come out of it. And then there'll be these different tones. Like, So if I would do things on the piano, the people that would hear it, mentors before me would say, boy, you need to listen to this. And that's how I got turned <laughs> on to it. But one of the biggest things was, like I said, coming up in the hip-hop era, all of these samples, everything was sample crazy. Like, And I would be the one that would look and want to hear the original song. Right. So I would... Mm-hmm. So there were these type of artists that would get sampled consistently, and those would be the ones that went. That's how I got really big on James Brown, really big on Ray Charles, mm-hmm. really big on Aretha, Mahalia. You know, and just started going back. And, and then as I would look and compare, there would be no black singers that would have that type of electrifying effect on people now. And I wanted to replicate that in what I did. Well, you know, the thing I love about, uh, you know, not only the music, but the business side of these individuals, Ray Charles. You know, James Man, Brown. Right, right, right. Sam Cooke was incredible. If you read his story and how he controlled Man, his music. that's why they had to take him out. You get what I mean? He was Dude. right at the beginning Dude. of what I'm trying to push forward. You Dude. get what I'm Sam saying? Sam Cooke, like, man. I you, understand what was going on. But you know, man, because you know, they, they were dealing with racism, strong, open racism. And to hear these brothers going in there saying, I, I, I got to have this. I, I want my rights. I want my. I want all back to me. Or, or that percentage isn't enough because they know they can just yeah. stop playing your music right there. You know that's when right. payola was blatant back then. And the, and mm-hmm. the, and to hear you, I just got and and what excites me, you said, Rashawn, I know about that. I, it's it's right. music, but I also know the business side of what you're about to talk about. That that part yeah. of me, our relationship just started, Mr. Music, Mr. Music, Eminem. <laughs> music just get started, brother. Because I because you know, because your culture, you know, the thing about my show Money Making Conversation, I gotta talk to you. I gotta talk to you because of uh-huh. the fact that I got forty five and up on lockdown. 
I got oh, locked yeah. down. You know what I'm saying? But you're my future. You next 20 years, you're going to change the face of music, the way we walk, the way we talk, clothing styles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All those things are being accepted now. They're crossing over. You growing up in an era where you look on TV, you see yourself. When I grew mm-hmm. up, I had to see, I didn't see myself. You know, you see yourself. Yeah, sure. Now you see yourself with, 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 with cross-racial relationships in commercials and, and mixed couples and commercials and all that stuff. So there's a journey you're going to take with your music that's incredible. I'm, on the phone, I'm talking to a man who's reaching across all platforms, R&B, hip-hop, gospel, and urban contemporary. We'll be back to talk about his new single, Let Go. My man, don't you go nowhere, and y'all don't go nowhere. Money Making Conversations, be right back with my man, Molly Music. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rashawn's show? Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lala Anthony. We met, you know, you always say, Rashawn, yes. uh, can you give me, can we talk, can we talk? I, I mean, always talk to you about everything, <laughs> everything. And looking at you and Steve Harvey, you know, that motivated me too, because I would see all the amazing things you guys were doing and not just being on the radio. Mm-hmm. I felt like at that time and even now, you mm-hmm. know, people want to put people in boxes. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the incredible Nick Cannon. You're truly one of my mentors and one of the people that showed me that you can be motivated. You know for a fact now that you're about to capture an audience that's going to have a spending power for at least another 20 years. To me, it's like my happiness has been valuable. Money doesn't make you happy, but happy makes you money. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. Well, you know, this is a Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's really great to get a an artist on, you know, he, he, he was birthed in uh, the hot deserts like a phoenix. He rose up and they took him on over to get that little, like, like a good gumbo. Took him to Savannah to you know, put some shrimp in there with him, put some okra in there with him, some corn and, and, and put some, 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 some shrimp. And that some people put chicken in there, some people put crab legs in there. And, and they shaped a young man who came out of here with this storytelling ability, put him in front of the church when he was young. And they said, hey, that's not, come on, don't worry about those people. Give us what God can, can deliver out of you right there. And it set stage for you who you are today. And I have him on my show telling him his side of the story because I can only describe. You know, I'm a I'm a visual communicator, but you have the emotional, you have the journey, Mr. Music. Talk to us about why did you do the song, this song, Let Go. All right. Well, I'm really excited about the song uh Let Go. I feel like it is a necessary part. Um, my last album, the transition of Molly Music, I was I released the end of two thousand seventeen, I think. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really I was wanting to release another album, but I didn't want to in the circumstance that I was in at the time. I was with Sony, by way of uh, By Storm with uh, Mark Pitts and and those guys over there who were able to help me with the initial album. Molly is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was some understanding issues or some release issues or just some conflictual things that was going on that I didn't want to destroy my career or my future or my opportunity. There was some love and some understanding there too. So we had to do some things with, I had to let go there. That turned into a lot of business and, you know, legal stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. And, and as I was coming out, um, I recognized in order to get back into the groove, I needed to heal first. I needed to extract all of the things that I had uh, um, 
brought in to get where I was. For example, uh, we may see a movie where there's a person who goes to war, right? And um, and it, there's a mindset or a level of um, uh, uh, just a heightened attention span that they need for their own lives, keeping their head on the swivel in a sense. But once you come back to a place of peace, you have to relearn and readapt peace techniques and. And you know, not not fixing your gun, not sharpening your sword, not looking over your shoulder, recognizing that it's there. So the let go represents that. It, right. um, the fact that you know, Molly, you're out. You know, you've made it. God has given you success. Don't be, um, you don't be a prisoner in your mind, even though you were casted into prison. You know, don't be a um, murderer in your mind, even though God gave you, you know, the head of your enemies. You know, for you to get to where you are. You know, don't be. Um, ne- anything negative inside of your mind, God equipped you mm-hmm. to get where you are. Now it's time for you to shake those things off and stand as a king and champion and the representation that God will have me to be. In order to do that, I had to be honest about the things that I had accumulated going up. And it was just very candid and cool. Like in the verse, I say, it's just a force of the habit. It's right in my way, so I grab it. It's right in my way, so I pass. It's right at the bar, so I Glass it. It's a classic attack like an addict. All of the time, got to have it. It's right in my way as I pass. You know, and that's talking about all of the temptations and all of the reasons why I wouldn't want to go forward, but it luckily and beautifully lands in the phrase, right to the altar to cast it on the shoulders of my Lord. And like all things, that's where I find deliverance. And I believe where all people can get a chance to be set free because you can't make any money-making decisions with bad things on your mind, especially like guilt. Yes, Anxiety, haste, mm-hmm. or fear. Mm-hmm. Got to be clear-headed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really uh, great hearing your the honesty and uh, of your tone. You know, I, 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 you know, Steve Harvey and I we started doing radio, hip hop, and R&B in Houston. Uh, I'm mean, in Houston, Los Angeles, in 2000, and uh, I've met many artists over the years. And uh, and so one of the key artists that we met early on was Anthony Hamilton. Another story. Oh yeah. Another story. Charlene is one of my all-time great songs. Man, then, my one of my favorites too. Yeah, absolutely, and then move forward in my money making conversation platform. I've, I've come to be uh, introduced to my man Travis Green. Yes, and then uh, my my boy Lecrae. You know, so yeah. so see 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 that's that's you, my man, in the sense that y'all coming forward with music that's taking the older generation and bringing us down. You know, bringing us down. You know, because what happens is. We got to accept the fact we can't keep listening to old music. We can't listen keep listening to OJ's and Isley. It's hard not to keep listening to no, no, the old no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> what I'm saying is that because they won't allow them to make any new music. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, yeah. You know they won't. They won't. They won't. The, music, the industry plays it like that. You know they go, hey, Temptations, mm-hmm. you can't make no more music. Nobody want. They'll tell you, don't nobody want to listen to your music. We'll, we'll keep playing your old music. And so, so when we have talented individuals like yourself. And I mentioned some earlier, but this interview is about you. Know that your journey is important because it provides a support system for somebody like me to continue yes, to enjoy new music, continue to be emotionally attached to something that can yes. motivate me and get me out of my bed. Mm-hmm. I think about and um, look to communicate to that as well. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody that's left out, then I don't know if you did a good enough job in the music. So there's a song on my album called Molly. On the album Molly is called okay. Heavy Love. Okay, that really I feel resonates with all the generations. Just from the first note, the first slap to the end, 
I feel, you know, from age to age it goes. There's another song with that name Beautiful, but I feel it does the same thing. And I look to do a lot of those, um, you know, tell those stories. It's a song on the transition of Molly named You Should Sit Down for This, which is what came out of me in the studio in London when I got the phone call that I lost my father mm. from the doctor. And, and mm-hmm. it was a really cool uh, moment. And I was just linking with Anthony Hamilton on Grammy Week. <laughs> I went up to the CAA party, mm-hmm. had some difficulty at the door, and he the one that got me in. That's so, my man. You know, mm-hmm. it's really cool that you would say that and to speak to the honesty. Coming from, coming from the church and coming from the heart of love, I always looked forward to meeting a person that probably would come at living for God, like I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I guess I always look to do it, but I never saw it. I always would see people take the responsibility to dress God up. They would take, they would think that he would be not good, so they would put a tie on it or, or put a wash rag on the things that I would want to see on them to be able to identify with them, which would give God more glory. So instead of going forward and living a double life, they categorize me as an R&B or a hip-hop or a slash neo-gospel mm-hmm. mm-hmm. somebody, mm-hmm. not just gospel, just because I will not succumb to leading millions of people to believe that I live a life that I do not, mm-hmm. or, or that I'm interested in things that I am not or are not interested in things. So it's not about that. To God be the glory, and I trust that God is big enough to get the glory, and He doesn't need me lying right, <laughs> for Him right, to get right, bold. Right. So His goodness if it works on me, then it can work on other people. And his goodness is going to work on my bad. He's going to fix my 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 hurt. He's gonna he's gonna bring um he's gonna heal my my pains. He's gonna heal my mind. In order for him to be the same instrumental God that he is in everyone else's life, I need to have my own version of anxiety. Wow. My own versions of fears. My own versions of hesitations. And once I bring them to him, then he can not only be a good God in my mouth. But a good God in my life, I can have receipts mm-hmm. from the time that for, for me yielding to Him recently. Like I just got off my knees about this, and He answered it. That coupled with wealth and success is unstoppable. Love it, love it. Now you, uh, I'm on the phone with my man. He's influenced by Sam Cooke and Otis Redding. Uh, he's oh, yes. a three-time Grammy-nominated artist, songwriter, musician. And now let's talk about the, because we kind of dipped in a little bit when we were talking about what Dane, James Brown was doing and Sam Cooke was doing and Ray Charles yes. and many other artists. You're the CEO of your own business, or KRP yes. Enterprises. Tell me why you started that and what is the focus of your business? Well, I'm really excited about K Approved because it's a dream come true for me. Mm-hmm. I was the young boy getting in trouble in school for doodling my um, production company symbol <laughs> when I was supposed to be taking spelling class notes or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. So I always was anticipating being a house that could deliver a specific type of content to the world. As I was coming up, I had to recognize that I, w- I was willing to partner and move and negotiate things and you know where I would be lending portions or percentages of myself to partners and companies in order to get an opportunity to advance. But if you offer a good portion, it could be very difficult to get off of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I never intended on being an artist, but it, I was glad to open up my mouth to be able to show my colleagues and other artists who were scared that it could actually happen. So I just kind of was the brave one when the more talented people were just more afraid. So I'm like, man, if you just do this, and I would do it, and it'll happen. Right, right. So, 
that so bravery and or just confidence you know that what you have is good is a is a big deal as well but artists like my sister and kp and, and people who are come in contact with Kristen mason uh angelina sheree uh artists like travis green who who would be coming up under the tutelage of mentoring of what we would be doing in Savannah, Georgia as well. Mm-hmm. Jonathan McReynolds, as we would be touring in Chicago. Tasha Cobbs, who would be connected with us that's in the circle right of what there. we were doing. Dion Kipping, who would be connected inside of the search of what we're doing. He um, was the first person that traveled me from Savannah, Georgia, my full band, up to his surprise birthday party in Connecticut, where I met Youthful Praise. And, and those guys, and that just started to trickle up to Hezekiah Walker, Donna Lawrence. My life just completely changed, you know, just from this honesty and this walk. So I'm excited about all of it and just really want to encourage everybody to get to that point of openness and forwardness inside of what they're doing. But there was only so much that I could do because I did not earn enough to be able to impact my own life to be able to help anyone else. So I had to find out where the money was going. Why was I valuable to companies? How did I accumulate wealth? And could I apply that to my own self? Once I recognized that I could, I needed to attain ownership again of what it was that was accumulating wealth for me, clear the name, you know, now put it inside of a house. That house is K approved. I will be flagshipping as Molly Music, but it's not about me. It's proof that we can do it and there's a way that my colleagues and partners and artists and creatives can come, that we can kind of shortcut a lot of the uh, roundabout ways of searching for the right place. If it's urban, beautiful, inspired by God, spirit breathed, and you have a plan, we can do something with it. And that's why I built K approved to be able to, uh, to um, create another developmental area where people could be, uh, uh, record it, yes, sir. Uh, put out, mm-hmm. have an opportunity to make mistakes in a community of people of love that love them, and we can create successful uh, artists that do different types of music. Oh man, creators that do different types of visuals mm-hmm. and photographers who shoot different types of pictures. Right. I can't change the culture if I can't influence it, and I needed to influence it from a house that I owned. Awesome. All I know is this, my friend, you're special. I, I, I got like you say, Rashawn. I got I got to do my homework. Got to go back to Molly is. I got to listen to beautiful. Got to listen to heavy love. Got to listen to walking shoes. Got to listen to royalty. Got to listen to Johnny and Donna. I got to listen to I believe because what you will not do to me, Molly, Mister Molly Music, is come on my show next time, and I can't break down some lyrics to you during the interview. Let you know I believe in you. And I let you know how much I believe in you. I said some names to you by artists that you just threw back at me. So I know. That's how I know that it was right there in the same flow. <laughs> let Go is out. All the digital streams. Molly Music, my man. Uh, I'm call you my nephew. Young nephew. Whenever yes, you sir, need your uncle. opportunity, man. You come on my show. Because it's for real. It's for real about you. And don't you change. Don't you Molly is. I got to download it. So it can be on my phone. My next guest is from Flint, Michigan. Yes, sir. He is a two-time WBC super middleweight champion, an activist, a philanthropist, sports analyst for Fox Sports, and the epitome of a champion, whether he is inside or outside of a boxing ring. They also tell me that he makes a mean sweet potato pie. Really? Okay. We'll see about that. He's talking to the baking expert. 
Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man, Anthony Durrell. How you guys doing? Now, how they gonna how they gonna put a mean sweet potato <laughs> in your credit, and I don't see no sweet potato in your hand. Hey, I can do hand. it. I can do you, it. If you can do it, well, I, tell got me. My, I got my grandma recipe. Go, 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 go. Okay, that's, that's all you can do is just a sweet potato pie. Can you do anything? No, I, you know I, I can cook. Uh, my mama raised me to be a, a, a independent guy. So okay, mm-hmm. my, my mom and my grandfather. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I went Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan. I went to live with my grandfather when I was. Like thirteen, I think mm-hmm. uh, he took us over because my mom, you know, we had six. We had I got five brothers and sisters, and mm-hmm. six kids for her was a lot. A lot, mm-hmm. and I understood, you know, why we did that. Mm-hmm. And just being around the ladies in my family, my grandmother, my my mom, my sisters, my mm-hmm. aunts, mm-hmm. you know, I learned. You know, all I got to do is watch. Mm-hmm. If I watch, I can learn how to cook. My uncle can cook. I mean, I don't know a guy in my family that can't. Right. So. Right, right. Okay. I cook it all, so it, I went. It, it's to, almost kind of like you know. You said you know you kind of bragging here in front of me with nothing in your hands, though, Anthony. <laughs> no, like listen. I, so I went to camp one time. It was Thanksgiving okay, time, okay. and like I wanted food, so I cooked some sweet potatoes. <laughs> I, the only thing I didn't cook was a turkey. You know, I usually cook a turkey. I cooked the sweet potatoes. I cooked the greens. Oh, I cooked. What kind I of greens? Collards. Yeah. Oh, okay. For sure. Oh, I, I, I didn't insult all. you, did I? No, no, so, no. No, sir, no, sir. You know, because I know a lot of people use that canned stuff. That ain't what I do. Nah, nah. Now, what, what kind of meat you put in there, now, sir? What kind yeah, of meat? The, just a smoked turkey. Just smoked turkey? Oh, yeah. okay. You're yeah. healthy. I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm a bacon guy. I yeah. mean, you you know, I, you can do that, too. Yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. you can do that, too. But that smoked turkey gives that smoke taste. So, That's and my mama you, taught me that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like you said, uh, you, 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 she, she, she shaped you to be an independent yeah, man. definitely. And that, but your whole life is tied to being independent, being yourself, following you voice tell me a little bit about who you are anthony Durrell. uh i'm a i'm a professional fighter you know that's not what i want to i want to be known as just a helper you know somebody that goes out there help people you know especially before you go what is a professional fighter i'm a boxer i i've been doing it since i was nine years old so that's really you know what people think i i just know but i love boxing boxing is my life you know that's how i'm you know, I got to the position that I'm in, and I'm I'm grateful for it. my grandfather got me in it when I was, like I say, nine, and mm-hmm. I'm just so happy that to be in this position, I had to fight for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I lost the world title to when I got it back, mm-hmm. then just lost it again. But you know, good things. How, how, does, how do you deal with those highs and lows? As because my show, Money Making Conversation, tells people about overcoming the odds. That you know, you have to have a plan. When you get knocked down to come to sit back up or walk straight when mm-hmm. people think you should be you know, running. You just you, you just have to keep you have to believe it in your mind that, you know, you can keep moving forward. A loss is just something to get you to the next step. Everybody takes a loss. Uh, the greats took a loss. Absolutely. Muhammad Ali took a loss. And, and that's not even it. If you look at the su- successful business owner, they took a loss in some time, but they still persevered and got past that 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 hurdle that was in front of them and then succeeded to be million or billionaires. Well, you know, I'm going to just tell you, I, I only put boxing gloves on one time mm. in middle school. Went out there swinging for about, I did about four, swing, four swings and my, my arms just dropped to my sides. I couldn't pull them up no more. That let me know that this is not what, I, what you can do. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy, Mm-mm. but, but you, you make it look easy. Is that just, even, okay, at nine years old, when you put on the gloves, how, how much did they weigh? They were uh, ten ounces. 
Ten ounce. That, yep. That's that's pretty heavy because you swing it. I, I learned that when you miss, it takes a lot more out of you than when, when you hit. It definitely does. Definitely does. It's it's you know I, I've been doing it for twenty six years. Right. So mm-hmm. since I was nine years old, I'm thirty five now. So twenty six years. It's it's a long time, especially to get used to something. You mm-hmm. know, I can't. If I go play basketball, I can't compete with a guy who's been doing it twenty six <laughs> years. I just you know I, I'm picking. I know how to do it, but right. I'm not as mm-hmm. good as that person. So. Mm-hmm. When somebody uh, perfect their craft, mm-hmm. you know it's it's tough to get them out, or it's mm-hmm. you know it's easier for that guy to 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 keep going. Like I can go into the ring now, me not threw a punch since my last fight, and right. still go probably ten rounds, right? Easy, just knowing how to get through the process, the technique, that too, and and you know you got to know how to conserve. You got to make that fighter on the other side think that. You're not tired, or something is coming if you come in. Right. You know, it's just it's just stuff like it's just little things. If you do the little things, and this is not just boxing and anything, like you can get fired. The little things matter. Right. It's not the big things that everybody sees. It's the little things. Well, it's really interesting because I'm talking to you, and you know your you know your strengths and weaknesses, and your opponent knows your strengths and weaknesses. And I know sometimes. Okay, good. Sometime. I like that. I like that. Now. Because and you use the analogy about business a lot too in mm-hmm. in the, in your sports and about overcoming the odds about knowing how to market yourself knowing how to prepare knowing how that other and even business people make mistakes mm-hmm. nobody has a perfect business no you know, Apple has not put out a product that walked off the store that's why they shelf. keep coming our phones every year absolutely and so with that being said you as an individual uh, you know we all know with athleticism is you know the the biggest champion or. Uh, that you have to fight is age. Mm. Does that does that work in your mind? Or have that has that, that settled in your mind that are you already prepared to say, hey, I'm going to do this, or I'm planning to do this with my life when I'm 40, 50, 60, or whatever? So my plan when I went professional yes, was sir. to retire at 35. I'm 35 now. Right. Mm-hmm. I I lost my dun, last. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I lost my last fight. Okay. But me being the competitor that I am. Mm-hmm. I can't go out on a loss. Absolutely. And I have to, I want another fight. Mm-hmm. If the championship fight comes this year, it comes. But after this year, I'm done. And I already have my mind made up of what I want to do. I want to, I want to start multiple business. not just one. And I want to push other people and motivate other people to do the same. You know, when they retire, I and like in athletics, yes, sir. in any sport, I think it should be mandatory that you take a class on how to manage your money because Absolutely. because there there there's no help like you give these kids and I when I say kids it's kids it's 19 and 20 year olds millions and millions of dollars they only can do one thing with it and that's spend it because <laughs> they they didn't go to school or don't have nobody with them to show them the correct way to go if I can take if I can go back to my be- beginning of my career right yes, now, sir. I would invest in so much more than I am now that I wouldn't even need. I wouldn't need to do nothing else for the rest of my life. Well, you know what happens, and we have to admit, we all. I was nineteen, I yes. was twenty, and I was in. I was immortal, you know. And I, I forty seems so far away. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like it's not. It, it's ridiculous <laughs> how far away forty was or sixty was. Mm-hmm. That, that that number wouldn't even exist, yeah. you know. So so. We we play on the, the on time because we see time as okay. I have endless time. Or thinking you're gonna do something forever and you're not. Right. 
Yeah. And that's what that's what youth does. Yeah, thinking to you. you're going to get that next. You, and and with the athletes, like you live like, oh, I got a million dollars. It'll come back. But if you get hurt, that's gone. So you got to have something to fall back on. And me being like you say, me, us being 19 and 20 years old, we didn't think of that. <laughs> no, then we no. thought we can get hurt. Oh, we'll just come back. No, it's going. You got to put some money aside. Right. Or a rainy day. Yes. Then that that's a, that's something that everybody can uh, relate to. Who, who made a mistake or realized I should have saved that mm -hmm. amount of money? Because I, I, as, as successful as I am, I would man, I show I, I just started saving like that guy told me when I was twenty four. Because he told me, mm -hmm. he said, hey, hey, just fifty dollars every pay period, mm -hmm. and I kept saying fifty dollars. Man, you know what I could do? I ain't got time for that. Mm -hmm. And if I don't just listen to him, that fifty dollars may have been a Maybe an IBM stock. They might yeah. be 20 times triple. And guess what? We wouldn't even be talking right now, Anthony. No, I believe, <laughs> and I believe it. I believe it. But I, that's where I think, you know, uh, when you grow up, you learn so much more because you look back on the things that you did and reflect. Like, if I would have did this, now I can do it and I'm going to mm -hmm. go do it now or give it to my kids or another kid that's coming up in the game or just want to do the same thing that I'm doing. You know, you can teach mm -hmm. them you know, the correct way. If they listen or not, you can just put it in their ear. Well, you know, the thing about it, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show, it's like the third, uh, we, we kind of missed, you came to town, and uh, because of the fact that you had setbacks at an early age. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's why I always tell people, you know, you don't know what your future, even as a young person, you might seem like, hey, endless opportunities, but every every day you should feel and understand it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a cancer survivor. You know, I was diagnosed that I had cancer in my fifties, and it was and it was a it was a it was a uh, a major. When they told me I had cancer, it was like, you know, it was, you know, I, I would tell people when somebody tell you you have cancer, you 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 don't understand what that word does to you. You know, mm -hmm. you can walk around read about it in the newspaper, you can read about the statistics and people surviving, but when they tell you you have it, that's a different conversation mm -hmm. because you start thinking immediately death. Mm-hmm. Immediately. I don't I don't care what the stats are out there. All you because for some reason that's all you think about. Oh my God, is or my loved ones, I want to live a long time. How did you react to it, Anthony? So when I had it, I was twenty one, it was two thousand six. So I think I was twenty one, something. Yeah, twenty one, according to the Twenty one, yep. Uh I didn't really know much about it, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell the truth. And when I started reading up on it, that's when my I started getting down and down and down because, like you say, when you think of cancer, you think of death. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's only, you know, that's true. And you being an athlete too. Yeah, and that's true. And when I went to the doctor, he said that it was a ninety percent curable rate. Mm -hmm. He kind of brought me up, but that medicine still brought me down. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. it was it, it was tough. Cancer is no joke. You know, I was talking to this. I seen a kid smoking. Uh, couldn't have been. I don't even think they was eighteen. Honestly, mm -hmm. and I said, "Why are you smoking?" Because I know what cancer. I know what <laughs> I know what chemo feel like. Yes, sir. And they said it doesn't matter. I'm going to die. I was like, "Yeah, but that's not that's not it." Like one, the chemo is just. It, it seems like it's just worse than death to me. And I don't even know what death feel like. Mm -hmm. But it just mm -hmm. seemed like it's worse. It, it just had me just down the whole time. Right. It, body wasn't feeling right right it just had me going through things that that was a challenge then you recover correct yep and then motorcycle accident 
2012. <laughs> so, are you at you a point in your life going, what the, what's going on here? You know what? When I did get into the motorcycle accident, I the first thing I thought about was just me living or walking again, just to play with my kids. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the first thing. But when I knew that it, I it, it will be okay, like I will recover fully, it uh. You know, what, what, I what, what, what I, I was hurt on you? What was damaged? So I broke my leg. So this finger was here. This one was here. I mean, you can still see it. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, so you dissociated your finger, moved yep, them around. It, it mm -hmm. cut on, yep, your it, on your left hand. Yep, it mm -hmm. cut from this finger. You know, my index finger is where my thumb was. My thumb is where my my uh, wrist is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, so right. just uh, shifted, and they didn't down. even know at the time. Oh well, nope. They knew about my hand. They didn't know about my leg. My leg. I had my bones stick on my leg, mm. and they didn't. They say is anything else? So I said, yeah, my leg is broke. Mm -hmm. so they cut my pants, and I went into surgery. I think I was in surgery four hours, maybe. So they got a rod, and my leg is still in. So they have been fiddling with your hand, and my leg is broke. <laughs> yep. So you just dealing with the pain. I, at that time, yeah, I said, y'all got to give me something. And then they hit me with the morphine. <laughs> <laughs> I just went into heaven. Like I could, and I was literally like. When they say your life flash before your eyes, before death, honestly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my life literally, I seen everything. I Like, this is no joke. Mm -hmm. Right before I hit that car, I seen everything. Just, I mean, it was like a split second. Right. But everything, you could see it clearly. Right. Everything. Right. And then I hit the car. Right. But I got up. I never blanked out. Mm -hmm. I got up, but I fell back down because my leg was broke. Right. Mm -hmm. I got back up again because I didn't know what was wrong. I mm -hmm. fell back down. Mm -hmm. They said, stay down. Your leg broke, but my leg was twisted in the back. Mm -hmm. So my my front of my foot was in the backwards. Mm -hmm. And I had to flick it back or whatnot. But yeah, it was it was bad. But I think everything happens for a reason. You know, was I supposed to get on it? Should I have been on a motorcycle? No, but... I was, you right. know, everything happens for a reason. I think it just make you a better person. You know, it, it, it makes your story better. Oh, your story is strong. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if I could take something back that in my life that happened, I would take, I would change nothing because everything happens can't. for a reason. Because it molded me into who I am. You know, because when I hear you talk and I'm talking to a uh, two time world middleweight champion, super middleweight. Super. See, they just put yeah. world. I was super. I got to put super, super right yeah. there. Super middleweight. Super middleweight champion, Anthony Durrell. You know, I talk about, uh, you know, my lung collapse, you know, uh, stayed in the hospital 30 days. I talk about, you know, untold times I probably shouldn't have been driving a car, and I woke up, and I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm five miles down the road. Don't remember the five miles that I did. Mm. I don't even drink, mm. okay, just doing stuff pushing myself physically where I shouldn't have not have pushed myself. And so so that's the, those are the stories I have to tell people that, okay, I, what I did was stupid, and I'm alive to tell you it was stupid. Mm -hmm. So that's my role that I play. So when I listen, to, I'm asking you to tell your story because of the fact that as we, as young people who listen to my show, we put a timeline on our weight. Mm -hmm. I do that later. Yeah. And you really don't know what later is or what later can bring you. So when people talk about saving money people talk about get that education people talk about living your life pursuing opportunities that are being given to you and not realizing that blessing because you think you can wait mm. your experiences being chronicled right now before us on this show says 
do it now. Right. You have to live every day in that moment. I don't think because t- tomorrow's not promising. Mm-hmm. You know, we see that from Kobe Bryant and, <gasps> and and rest in peace to her and condolences goes out to his family. But we see that in that. But you have to live for the day. Yes. You can't live for tomorrow. Yes. You can't live for the week. Yes. You have to live for the day and, and, and that's the big thing. That's the thing I don't think, you know, younger people uh understand about about life. Right. It's life. You have to you have to live it and I think you live it, you know, how you wanna live it. You know, cool. you, you 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 do things that you wanna do. If you don't explore this world or get out and get out your comfort zone sometime, mm-hmm. it'll be I mean, it'd just be, it'd be bad. I know some people, you know, from my city, Flint, Michigan, who haven't left Flint. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk yeah. about that in the next break right. because that's really why we have you on the show mm-hmm. because I want to be a part of that. You know, okay. got a lot too many people surrounding me from Flint. You know, Mama Soul, that's my girl out <laughs> yeah, there. You know. I know her too. And uh, so just let you know how deep I go up there, okay? <laughs> uh, now, you said your title is really a two-time super world middleweight. Super middleweight champion. Super middleweight champion. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Durrell, we'll be right back. He's Flint, Michigan boy. When we come back, we'll talk about some causes. He's a, you know, he got his own day up there and everything. Every year, September <laughs> come around, he got his day. <laughs> Anthony Durrell day. Everybody know him up there. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. Be right back with more Money Made Conversation. <laughs> we'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. I'm sitting next to two-time super middleweight champion Anthony Durrell out of Flint, Michigan. You still stay in Flint? Uh, Grand Blank on the outskirts. I still stay in Michigan, though. Okay, cool. I don't think I'll move when it feel, uh, uh, when something feels right. You don't want to okay. change it. So you weather. So I, I lived in Chicago five years. Mm. So I got clothes and I, I got clothes I can't wear nowhere else but in Chicago because oh, yeah. you know it hits. I, just he like, gave, I heard y'all had some snow yesterday, <laughs> so, uh, or the day before. So, but it oh, melted. I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> now. It I got from picking up my hand. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready yes, now. Sir. Don't yes, mess sir. with me, Anthony. I come up here and hang out with you, brother. And you might be a lot more colder than I be. Uh, it's all right, I'll but uh, it. so wh- why do you stay up there? Why is Michigan uh, part of your just part of your your lifestyle? Because you have the money and the uh-huh. success to live anywhere. Why you're Why are you staying in Michigan? Uh, just it, it feels right, you know. When something feels right, you you kind of stay put. But I can go anywhere, you know. I can vacation anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it starts feeling wrong, that's mm-hmm. when you know I'll have to pack my things and move. But until then, you know, I'm a I'm I'm from Flint, you know. That's I'm from Michigan, so right. that's where you know I'll be for. I think the remainder of my life, like I said, I can go, I can travel anywhere, mm-hmm. and I think just other places, just vacation spots. You know, home is home, no matter where you at. Right, you're always going to think of where you was born and where you grew up is 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 home. Nothing right. can beat beat home. Right. Let me let me, let me ask you this. Um. Uh, Boxing, you have you know you have UFC out there now, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have a uh, wrestling is always out there because in the end, boxing like any football about it's entertainment. Mm, yeah, of it's course. entertainment. It's entertainment. So, so do you consider yourself an ambassador of uh, a uh, uh, boxing as you as you as your career transitions because you're doing Fox Sports? Mm. You know, what story are you trying to tell about why boxing is 
not only a, a, a good sport for young people to get involved in, but also why it should be a, a, a highly rated entertainment sport. Uh, I think, you know, when you got two competitors in there, mm -hmm. boxing, risking their life mm -hmm. to entertain millions. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and for me, it's a it's a adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. It's it's something that I love to do. I've been doing it, like I say, since I was nine, nine years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just and plus your family member. Yeah, I mean, my grandfather boxed with Muhammad Ali. You know, he was friends with him. Uh, that's where we got into boxing at my mm -hmm. grandfather. So for us to do it, and it's to make him proud. Mm -hmm. uh, he loves seeing us win. He loves seeing us happy. <laughs> if, if if I can just make him happy, I give all this to him because mm -hmm. without him, there will be no. But you got to have the talent, though. You do, but he got that talent out of us. Mm -hmm. and, and if you don't have somebody pushing you and getting it out of you, it, it, it just, I, I don't see it working. You got to have a backbone. Okay. If you got that backbone, everything will flow right. I mean, he told he told me and my brother at a young age when we kind of first started that we'll become world champions. And, I'm a two-time world champion. So it, what he said was true. It, it's really, I always tell people, we got to have the relationships that, that breed positivity, you mm -hmm. know, not negativity. Because, you know, there are people out there, you can tell them, say, you go up to 10 years old, 11 years old, and say, hey, I want to be. Or excuse makers. Yes. I call yeah. them, I could complain a club. To, yeah. You know. Yeah, because when you come up with excuses all the time and you're not trying to look for solutions, you'll never make it. It was just like Patrick Mahomes. He wrote that little note saying, hey, I wish I could say that I would. I went to Disneyland. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Disney World. When he was, what, 16? Yes. Yeah. You know, and so that's why I always tell people that, and I, and I, the thing that really stands out to me, you're so positive. And I and I'm a positive person, but I know crisis has been in your life. When you go in the ring, that's a crisis situation. Yeah. And I know people who, you know, I don't like. I I know I knew one person who is paralyzed, uh, probably for fifty thousand dollars, just because he was in a boxing ring. But multiple people died. Like I think it was six or seven people died mm -hmm. in the uh, boxing mm -hmm. last year. So. It's tough, you know, and this is my first time witness not witnessing, but knowing that people died in the ring, mm -hmm. you know, since I've been boxed. I mm -hmm. never heard of it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when I think I'm thinking like what went wrong, what happened? What with, they do? Yeah. Like, I, I really don't understand because everybody is doing the same thing or maybe they're just getting hit more. I don't know. But boxing is something that you have to. uh Really pay attention to yes. uh, your corner. Yes. You have to have a good team around yes. you. Trust. Yes, you have to. Like my so my last fight, I was cut big uh, mm -hmm. over my eye. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see. Mm -hmm. uh, blood got in my eye, and mm -hmm. I got one of them cuts. Yep, but it and was my basketball. Though. And the guy was kind of getting off because I couldn't see. I was worried about the cut instead of worried about him. Did he hurt me? Some no, uh, but my corner knew that I was at a disadvantage mm -hmm. anyway because mm -hmm. of my cut and I couldn't see. So he stopped the fight. Not. Was I mad at him? No. Yeah. I would never be mad at that looking out for me. Yeah, you know, and people don't know about that cut because, I, like I said, I, I got I hit a guy's head when I was playing mm -hmm. basketball, and it, it's nothing but bone here. Yeah. So when you cut, it's skin, a very thin layer of skin, hidden bone. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that bad boy opens up, it's just blood. Yeah, it's just blood everywhere. And so, like I say, it, it's uh, you have to trust, like you say, and I say, you have to trust in your team. Mm -hmm. If you can't trust in your team, I think you probably need to find a new team. Okay. Because that that's where all the 
foundation comes in at because they're on the outside looking in and you can kind of see more mm -hmm. from the outside than you can you know when you're in there let's talk about uh flint mm -hmm. you know a few years ago a lot of controversy about the drinking water um as an individual who cares because you can't save everybody mm -hmm. let's talk about the initial announcement then the travesty that was that was information that was made available to everybody and then what you're attempting to do now uh it's just the announcement you know we had lead in the water mm -hmm. uh, that was a travesty in its own for us for the governor of michigan to change the water from lake uh, was it detroit water to yes. flint river water mm -hmm. yes and i think that was bad because if you look at the flint river water it's it's bad and mm -hmm. i know you got chemicals and stuff to change it but mm -hmm. When you have lead pipes, and that's, I think, anywhere in any city, and you put some type of chemical in it, it starts to rust. It starts to, you know, get lead in it. and Not only we, lead, but changing the color of the water. Right. <laughs> and we had that in ours, so we had to change it. And he still thought it was okay to drink, but it wasn't. So we were going through that and still going through it to, to this day, mm -hmm. to today. So it's been going on since April 14, 2014. Right. So that's a long time to not have clean drinking water in a city uh, in America. Still, okay, help me out. So you're saying the situation still no. hasn't been corrected? No. So they not too long ago, I think I was in camp for my last fight. They they sold the people to boil the water again, but they what they don't understand is boiling water will not make lead go away. Right. Lead don't go away. You can't even really get a filter. To filter out the lead it's still going to be there you need to change the pipes and and this is what i understand why wouldn't they get volunteers to come in and fix the pipes i mean i know it's all around the u.s volunteers will come in and fix these pipes without like if you put one word out there and that's why i don't get about the president either to uh both well it was when they came and had the the debate in flint <laughs> Right. They said they'll do this and do that for Flint and nothing still is done. So I think that's where. And what is the governor saying? I don't even watch politics. No more. <laughs> I'm so sick of them. I honestly am because I don't think you can trust them. Right. Like they, they give you one thing and, and they do another. And that's all the time. I don't. Uh. I don't agree with the the way they get into office. They they feed you this fairy tale, and once they get in office, it it just flatlines. Well, you know that the, here's the thing. I understand the frustration, but you are an influencer. You know, I try to be. No, 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 no. You are an influencer. That's why we we talking. Because mm -hmm. I'm trying to see how I can get into your head that let you remind you of mm -hmm. your power. If you just posted videos of people still pouring water out of these sinks and it's brown and talking about this this conversation of why you can't ball away lead you know that's people mm -hmm. think you can do that no you know but that information that's where the power of social media comes into play anthony and i have to remind you that there's no pressure on you just letting you know that i don't care about president trump or mm -hmm. and him not going he's not saying but they can be reminded they can go viral it can you can you can i always tell people social media is your individual press conference and so here I am, Rashawn McDonald, down in Atlanta, Georgia, also live in Houston, Texas, thinking you guys are good. No. And you telling me, Rashawn, excuse me, excuse me. Still not good. Problems is up there. So so 
What are you trying to do? Do you have any causes or any foundations set up uh, there? I or? do have a foundation. I have a, a Darrell's Chance Foundation. Mm-hmm. It's My foundation is help to find a cure for cancer. That's one of them. I mean, mm-hmm. with all the people up there with cancer in Flint, they mm-hmm. still can't drink the water. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, their immune system are, is so low that if they drink the water, they'll be sick for sure. Mm-hmm. So my foundation help find a cure for cancer help keep boys and girls with their education enter and outer city and help stop bullying mm-hmm. but my foundation is helping that too i'm trying to open a boys and girls club you know it's mm-hmm. in the in the heart of where the water crisis happened that's on the uh, north side of flint mm-hmm. and the donation page is up if mm-hmm. you know people want to donate but just trying to put something positive there and you know, give the kids something to look forward to because if if they have nothing, it's nothing to look for. It's nothing to smile about. But I'm trying to give everybody in the community something to smile about. And once I do it, maybe it's like a domino effect where right. everybody else does it, mm-hmm. does it, mm-hmm. and it goes from there. It takes off from there. Do you do you do any galas? You host any events in the Flint area or the Michigan area to raise money, or is just making people aware you have these donation pages, making people aware of your causes, using some of your money, I'm sure, to move forward these uh these actions. The, I, I'm doing I'm doing I'm in the process of doing everything. Uh I want to do a golf outing to You can golf now, Anthony. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Knocking them out and golfing too. Huh? <laughs> uh, that's like I said, I want to do a golf outing to raise money for that mm-hmm. uh and for my foundation to like help people with mm-hmm. that with the situation that's going on in Flint. Mm-hmm. I want to do more events. I I give away turkeys when it's uh Thanksgiving. Right. I you know, give away gifts on Christmas, you know, on every holiday I try to give people something to smile about mm-hmm. because that's that's what it's about, you know, it's about making people happy. If you can't make anyone happy, it's it's like I'm doing nothing and I see everything. So I'm I'm just out here just trying to make Here's, it here's the beautiful thing about this conversation. You have a family, correct? Yes. Talk about your family, and you t- out there taking care of kids you don't even know. Taking yeah. about your families you don't even know. They are important to you as much as your family, and how your family inspires you. I'm talking about your immediate family, mm-hmm. your wife. Mm-hmm. Talk us about how they relate and to actually push you to even further correct the wrongs that these young people or families are facing. Yep. So I have yep I have a wife, uh, three boys. Are uh, they gonna? No, they they won't. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> they want, and I told them that uh, one of them got mad at me. But I, I just, I just think you know, want to be daddy, want to be yeah, like daddy, and I, and I understand that. But we risk our life in the ring for little of money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only a few that get, you know, I get paid. Uh huh. So in, in that case, you know, it's basketball players making more. They dribble the ball and they yeah. making hundreds of millions. <laughs> Try of tennis now. Try tennis. Ten, yeah, tennis. Mm-hmm. I mean, even golf. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, I, I really don't want them doing. Like I say, the three boys. They can do anything. They can't do football. <laughs> football okay. is a no no, no concussions. go. Uh-huh. Yep, concussion because of the CTE. I, I I try to brush up on my. You know, whatever they want to do, you know, I I get down and see if, mm-hmm. you know, it's safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my wife uh, helps me out tremendously. Mm-hmm. She She's a teacher. Mm-hmm. She teaches at a college. She's a, uh, she like teach helping kids mm-hmm. to also. So it's just me, surrounding yourself around good people. And ha- like I say, it goes a backbone thing, the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a wonderful thing. And if you can, you can have that stern foundation, mm-hmm. you can make it. 
<laughs> well, you know, um, I know we're wrapping up this interview, but if you, I'd love to go out and lunch and talk to you about uh, just some ideas as you as an influencer, and I can help because I'm saddened that the Flint, Michigan situation mm-hmm. has not even, according to you, is not even close to being and, fixed. And, like I'm not gonna say close because they're still trying, but I don't, I, I still, I don't even see nobody out there now, like even fixing pipes. Uh, but oh, you know they're not gonna be out there in the winter yeah, time. Come yeah, on now. So, but <laughs> but like I say, it's it, it's like we're a third world country. Mm-hmm. Uh, not having drinkable water, you can't you can't do anything with the water, but let mm-hmm. it run. Right. Well, give out your uh, your foundation again. Give out your social media information. And again, uh, thank you for coming on my show, Anthony Durrell, two times super two times super middleweight champion. There you go. Flint, Michigan. Give out your information. It's uh, Durrell's Chance Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my website is anthonydurrell.com. My social media is Anthony Durrell on every platform. Okay, cool. I'm going to donate $1,000 to your foundation. Appreciate it. Is that good? Thank you. Okay, cool. This is Rashawn McDonald. If you want to hear more episodes, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm your host.